Hello and welcome to episode 976 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, September 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How you doing? I am well. It's, uh, it's a big day. A lot of sports going on. Just had football kickoff. Baseball's coming down the stretch. If you're a basketball fan or a video game fan, 2K, MEA 2K's out. So lots going on. Is that busy? You know, it's the same energy uh, that March has. Obviously different things popping up, but that same excited energy. Um, just about everything kind of getting going. You and I were talking about how excited we are about first pitch. That'll be that's around the corner. That'll mm-hmm. be here before we know it. So lots going on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm really excited for first pitch. I, I cannot wait. And uh, for those of you who care, my wife will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. I think we're going to do a little shindig because it's your birthday and my wife's birthday around that time. Can't wait. So, so I think we're going to do a little party one of the nights. So come right. out. My yeah. girlfriend will be there as well. Nice. So it'll be a great time. Um, my boyfriend will be there too. He's talking on the other end of this call. I'm right here, baby. <laughs> uh, we got a little news on two superstars and then we're gonna assess the weekend slate i've been doing this new sp chart uh, new for our site not new you know people do daily sp charts all the time but we didn't have one figure an easy way to kind of help people down the stretch we're always looking for ways to best help people and i don't think uh you know deep dive articles are as useful at this point where we're trying to do the the day-to-day minutiae at this point so i've been doing that sp chart didn't really know what i was going to do for the weekend because i can't necessarily commit to doing the chart on both days so we're going to talk about the uh the toss-up pitchers here for saturday and sunday but first let's start with breaking news on chris sale testing positive for covid um i mean straight away justin i think this effectively ends his fantasy season no this is a cut right based on the timeline yeah i mean he's gonna miss at least 10 days so mm-hmm. that puts him out until the 20th or 21st which means he's got potentially one maybe two more starts if he comes back after a minimum stay on the il yeah uh so that means you can expect other five or ten innings i think you got to drop him just on the fact that there's a chance he doesn't come back like, I agree. So, you know, or if, if he does come back, maybe he only throws two or three innings. Um, so, yeah, I think, unfortunately, uh, this is a drop on, on sale, and you got to go a different direction the rest of the way. I think so, and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be covering here with, uh, you know, the Sunday, the Saturday and Sunday slates. Maybe we can find somebody for you, but as it stands right now, it's just I, I don't know how you could how you could really hang on to Chris Sale. Um, and then you were talking because we were mess- talking about this before before we started. This is kind of why you don't want to hang on mm-hmm. to some like now, you know, COVID unexpected. Um, but it could have been saying, a hamstring strain. Like that, that's what I'm did. saying. It, it could have been anything. It could have just been general fatigue to Tommy John. And mm-hmm. this is why I don't draft TJ returners. I'll buy them off the market if they end up you know, getting put on the waiver wire, but I don't want to buy, I don't want to hold them or, or try to hold them all year. First off, it just seems like a nightmare to try to do that. So, you know, this one's, uh, this one's no good here. I mean, the, the innings you got were good, but it's over now is what I'm, what I'm really trying to get to with Chris sale. I think you can comfortably cut him this weekend and, uh, try to find somebody else. Yeah, I agree. 
Now, what about Mr. DeGrom? Quick hold or fold with him. He says everything's good to go with regards to that, uh, what is it, that ligament that he was mm -hmm. dealing with? Yeah, it's UCL, right? So, you know, he's saying free and clear, it's all good. We don't know exactly what that means for the timeline of getting back on, on the field. Would you be holding him this weekend, Jacob DeGrom? I don't think so. I think I'm. I think I'm moving on there as well. If I haven't, if you haven't already, yeah, I did I just, already. So yeah, I just don't know I'm that good. he's. I just don't know that he's going to come back and and do anything this year, especially if the Mets end up falling out of it. So yeah, I mean, currently they're five games back in the division. Wow. So how did they get five games back? Yeah, I mean, oh my god, yeah, you, you have to win that baseball games. Yeah, oh, they're, you, they're under 500. Wait, you have okay, you have to win baseball games yes. in order to okay, mm -hmm. okay, so then they have not done that, they, they have not done that at all. Yeah, they so, have yeah. greatly failed to do mm -hmm. that aspect of it, so that makes a lot more sense why they've fallen. Yeah, <laughs> what so. a season, man. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. so. Sometimes I want to push back on the Mets going to Mets, not because I'm a Mets fan, just because I'm like, oh, it's kind of tired, you know, that leave them alone type of deal. But no, it always comes back around to where that cliched phrase is perfect. It's very apt. The Mets are going to Mets. And at some point, multiple points during a given year, there's usually some weird BS that goes on with them. And now all of a sudden they are, uh, they're in a bad way and they're, they're very likely to miss the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised at this point if they made the playoffs. Considering yeah. two teams ahead of them in the in the division, uh, Phillies and and the Braves. So, I mean, yeah, do you like that Phillies squad? I like aspects of it. I just which which, which aspects specifically? And I'm not saying like because I don't like any. I, I like a couple too, but I don't I don't like the whole team. Yeah, it, it's definitely got some big holes. The offense is fine. That's um, that's what I generally like in some of their you know, really good offensive players. Yeah, in spite of the fact it's missing, you know, Hoskins and Alec Baum and down to mm -hmm. the minors. Um, and the the rotation's actually interesting. It's the bullpen really needs to kind of come together and, and figure uh, things out though. I mean, Gibson has not been good. Aaron Nola has been not Aaron Nola, but Ranger been Suarez, up and down. Yeah, Ranger Suarez has been a really really fun story. Zach Wheeler's been great. Like that's been one of my favorites. Has been the Ranger Suarez. Like when that happened, I was like, "What are they doing?" I was really tripped out. Like they're moving their closer into the starting role. Oh, oh okay, mm -hmm. and it has worked. And it's been it's been good. And, uh, and another gem yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he's not only they throwing gems, like they stretched him out so quickly. Yes. Like it was really fast, and all of a sudden he was on five five plus innings. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that should be a lot better than it actually is. Like they're they're hovering right around with their one game above five hundred. Um and like they should be much better than they actually are. And I would not be surprised to see them get involved in like the Trevor story, Korea sweepstakes next year, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that would be super, super interesting uh, for them. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, they've been super disappointing in terms of like, you know, Zach Eflin getting in, you know, injured. Maybe they get one more starter. Uh, 
next year in free agency. Like, I think this is a team that's built to compete, and it's a little surprising that it hasn't. Yeah. Um, and they've been, you know, like you said, they've been built to compete. They're, they're certainly trying to, but they haven't really gotten over the hump. And But now here we are, and they have a chance. They have a chance to make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with them and uh, see if they can get a wild card spot, maybe even overtake the Braves. We'll see what happens with the Phillies, but it looks like the uh, the Mets are in a bad way, especially with the Grom. We have no idea when he'll be back, so that's where we're at with uh, with him. And I'm folding as well in leagues where I haven't already, which I only had him in one, and I, I cut him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. All right, let's dive into these slates. Let's. Uh, we're really just focused on the guys that are kind of in between that you can make a decision on. We can specify 10, 12, 15, uh, you know, depending on where you want to pick guys up. Uh, let's start with Cal Freeland at these aforementioned Phillies. That wasn't even a planned segue. Just happened to work out that way. You know, Cal Freeland has had good seasons, um, particularly surprising because he's a Colorado Rocky, of course. And a couple of those seasons in, in his past have been built off of quality work at home. And this year is a little bit different than that. 536 at home, 404 ERA on the road. He's been pretty good in the second half. It's Cal Freeland on the road, somebody that you're taking a shot with at Philly. I think I would, just because Philly like has been underwhelming at times. And prior to that last start against the Giants, he had a 312 ERA in the second half. Oh wow. So like, well, and then and then the Giants, like we've been on a do not start them with anybody that isn't a top tier ace for a minute mm-hmm. so we wouldn't have taken that start anyway even if we were streaming the, yeah, the good second and, half freeland especially because it was in in colorado so yeah i mean i, I think he's been he's, he's been really really good uh and so yeah i think i would especially on the road um yeah and yeah like philly is a good offense but it's not like one that you necessarily have to run away from so yeah i think this is a, a good streaming opportunity right here I think so too. I like Freeland. Um, you mentioned quality second half until that seven earned run outing uh, against the Giants. If you look at uh, you know what he's been doing even before that, to put away the Giants start because again you should have avoided that. Prior to that, he'd only allowed more than three earned runs once since June seventeenth. Mm-hmm. So he'd gone on a big run there where. And even that was just a four earned run outing at home against Miami, which, you know, you want to do better against Miami, but he got six K's in those five innings and got you the win. So even that was still fantasy viable there. Um, Only one walk walk in that outing too. Yeah. So uh, we're starting Freeland here and, you know, I'm kind of hanging on to him after that too, not necessarily cutting him right back. I want to see what his next start is and, and kind of taking it start by start with Freeland because he's been so good. What about Zach Plesak? Uh, you know, last year he wouldn't have been on a list like this. He'd have been such an auto start. Obviously, he's quite a ways away from that. Here's the thing, though, Justin. If you look at what he's done this year, it really is a continuation of 2019, making 2020 the clear anomaly. And what was the big thing we talked about? Picking on the Central. He looks like somebody who picked on the Central, had a great two months, and now has gone back to being the guy that he was before that, which is solid but unspectacular. That's kind of where he's at now. He's right. He's uh, on three solid starts in a row. But do you start him against a quality Milwaukee team, one that has been the second best in WOBA against righties over the last 30 days? 
Zach Pusak versus Milwaukee. I don't think I'm starting up against Milwaukee. I just, I mean, maybe across the board or just tens and twelves or where, where? I think across the board. I mean, okay. obviously in fifteens, it depends on what you have on your roster. So, but you're, I mean, but you're trying not to start. I'm it. trying my best not to. Milwaukee's a dangerous offense. Very yes. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm trying to avoid this one if I can. Police X been better mm-hmm. of late. Uh, uh, but not good enough where I'm like, oh, this is a guy that I need to get in my lineup because I, I just think the risk is is too much. That's the thing. I mean, we saw three starts ago uh, at Minnesota, clobbered for six runs, five of them earned in four and two thirds. That's kind of the downside, you know. Um, five starts ago against Detroit, or six starts ago against Detroit, five runs, four of them earned in four innings. So that one didn't go very well. So I agree that the downside is potentially severe here, which has me leaning away. I will say 15s, I'll go for it. Uh, but 10s and 12s, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go for Zach Plesak here. I really, I really don't. He's just been too nerve wracking and the upside hasn't really been there. I mean, we're talking about a 6.4 K nine this year and to put that into percentage it's a 17 percent mark that's horrible for a starter that's horrible for a pitcher in 2021 like i don't know why i said starter as if uh relievers don't have a higher threshold so yeah that's just bad that's just bad news bears there so we're generally out on police sack i'm a little bit more in on 15s but you said open to it depending on the situation jose suarez for the angels has a 374 era in a hybrid role this year with a 125 whip uh he has let me see. Is that 10 starts? 10 starts, nine relief appearances. So mostly starting. He threw a complete game last time out, allowed one run with eight strikeouts. So that's very good. He's been starting throughout the entire second half, to which he has a 497 area. But obviously, the complete game is helping that. He had a 606 if you take off the complete game. Jose Suarez at Houston. Feels like it'll be a no, but where do you come out? Yeah, I'm not starting him against Houston. Okay, it's one, one Texas team is good enough, but uh, you're not going to risk it against yeah, no. the good Texas team? <laughs> no. Yeah, no way. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I don't think we really need to go any further there. You just, you're, you're begging for trouble if you do that. I don't start I mean, many guys against Houston. Yeah, I like, I like Suarez, and I think he, he's an interesting guy in, in friendly matchups. But yeah, in, in this kind of matchup, absolutely not. Yeah, you do you do not want to mess with it here. Uh, we will be passing on Suarez. What about uh, we got both guys in this matchup coming up here? Brady Singer at Minnesota, the youngster for KC's had an up and down first full season. You know he, he showed some things last year that generated some interest. He's had a 4.58 ERA on the year um, with a 154 WHIP. That's the big issue for me is that the WHIP's high because he's giving up way too many hits. However, of late. He's been sharp after a couple of duds coming out of the all-star break against Baltimore and the Yankees. He's now reeled off a 146 ERA in his last four, two of which were against Houston and one of which was against the White Sox. So the other was at Seattle. So, you know, some quality opponents here that Singer's pitching well against. What about a trip to Minnesota? Does that, uh, does that appeal to you at all for Brady Singer? In this four start stretch, he also has a 118 wit. I like so. that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm starting him. He, he's he's among my like favorite guys on this list. So yeah, because he'll be available too. So I I would go for it. Tens, twelves, and fifteens. If you're in the streaming realm, 
I think uh, Singer's one of the better ones here on the Saturday slate that's likely to be uh, available a good bit. What about his opponent, Michael Pineda, who is been working uh, lightly lately, two and two-thirds and three innings in his last two outings. Um, oh, wait, the most recent one was coming off the IL. The other one before that was going on the IL, so that explains it. Um, do you think he's ramped up enough after the three-inning return to give you five-plus? It was 44 pitches, by the way, for Pineda. Pineda against Casey at home. I don't think he's going to go deep enough to matter uh, just because they've been they in the, his first start um, or his first uh, appearance uh, back from the IL, they had him be the follower to Bailey Ober. Mm-hmm. So, and oh, well, that, gonna, that's good because then that could be uh, sneaking a win, though. Yeah, but if this time either they're going to start him, then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. Yeah, so he, he snuck the win against Cleveland's. Um, in his in his you know first appearance back, because Ober was was the starter. But if Pineda's whoever's the starter, I don't want. Yeah, uh, I but want if there's the somebody who, following him, you're interested. Yeah, because Kansas City sucks. Um, and, <laughs> yes, and, they do. Um, and so that's a chance to try to sneak a win. And this is one of the things that people should really be thinking about strategy wise. Rest of the way is like look for these opportunities where you can grab the follower. Uh, in good matchups because as teams start to like limit their guys uh, in order to keep, you know, the, uh, the innings a little bit lower uh, coming off of the shortened season last year, or to, you know, Mm -hmm. keep them fresh for the playoffs. Like you can, especially if you're in daily moves leagues or or daily pickups leagues, like this is a time where you can really, you know, get some guys without going over any sort of starts limits. Exactly. And if you can steal dubs like that, it's, I mean, it's just huge. So if there is somebody following mm-hmm. Pineda, that might be the place to go uh, in that one. But we do like Singer facing that team. What about Miles Michaelis against Cincinnati? We know the Cincinnati team has been up and down. Um, you know, they can be dangerous. You, you don't love to face their offense, but sometimes they just kind of fall on their face here. Michaelis, we also know his issues. With regards to strikeouts, they're never really particularly strong. He's been back now for four starts. He's made it five innings in two of them, four and a third and three in the other two. It's a 571 ERA in those 17 and a thirds. Miles Michaelis against Cincinnati, yay or nay? Nay. I mean, come on. This is just (laughs) no one... No one wants this. This is like this is just destined to blow up in your face, especially because of the strikeout thing, you know, because you can't even salvage mm-hmm. like six strikeouts in four innings if he gives up four runs, right? That's unlikely to happen. Yeah, and his three inning start was against the Cincinnati Reds, where they, they put four on him in three innings. So yeah. without no. even hitting homers, like they had five yeah. hits in a walk. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm out too. No, thank you on Michaelis. Um, the availability here isn't going to be high, so this is probably more of a 10-team situation. I don't think in 10, 12s and 15s you're going to see much Eliezer Hernandez availability, but he is on some tens, some 10 wires. Do you go for Eliezer Hernandez at Atlanta? Uh, I know you like the pitcher, but do you like the matchup enough to stream it in 10-teamers? Oh, I, I think in 10-teamers... No, I, I don't. He hasn't looked quite right since returning. Yeah, little uh, 
little off kilter there and still the home runs, Justin. This is why I was not huge on him coming into the year when the market was kind of pumping him up. I like the talent. I really do. He's got some swing and miss. There's, there's a, there's a foundation to work with here with Eliezer that I'll be interested in. I think for next year, cause his price will be rock bottom based on the fact that he's going to wind up this year with like mm-hmm. barely a hundred innings, but he's allowed at least a homer in every outing and two homers in two of his last three outings. So that's the scary part for me with Eliezer Hernandez, and that's why I'm kind of like, I'm leaning away. Yeah, I, I completely understand. I mean, I like the fact that he's throwing the changeup more this year. Um, but, yeah, the homers have still been an issue for him. Uh, and I, I just can't trust him, especially in a ballpark like Atlanta's uh, yes. with that short porch. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to risk it. What about uh... – now, this would not be a waiver wire situation because he's not available so much there. What about in the 12s and 15s? Would you be starting Eliezer off of your reserve roster? I mean, it, it largely depends on what I have available. I, I assume in in 12s, you probably have a better option. Okay. Um, but, like, I mean, if we just go back on to, like, some of these guys who might be available, like, I, I'd rather pick up a Brady Singer um, – or Kyle Freeland and start them over Hernandez. Uh, I think so. I think that gives a lot of insight to where you're at with mm-hmm. with Eliezer right now. Okay, that's cool. Um, let's move over to New York, and I know folks are waiting for this guy to get back, but it has not been great for Corey Kluber. Would you start him against no. the okay <laughs> <laughs> against uh, yeah. the other New York counterpart? I do not. Blame you. I, I honestly, we don't. We have a lot of pitchers to cover because we still have all of Sunday. So I'm fine saving time here. I'm full. I, I, I wouldn't right now. I wouldn't start him against your slow pitch softball league. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, I like it's it's rough right now. I think we highlighted how rough the uh, rehab was and why we were concerned about that because didn't didn't he hit like five guys too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think he hit three guys and walked another three or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we were out. Pretty much before he got back to the majors, the uh, two starts back have been rough out on Corey Kluber for the rest of this year. And maybe just in general, because I don't know that at age 36 next year, he's necessarily going to turn it around. This just might be kind of the end of Corey Kluber's fantasy relevance. We appreciate everything he's done for us. Absolutely. I, I love Corey Kluber. Will always be one of my favorite pitchers. He's awesome. What about Umberto Castellanos for Arizona? He's quietly got a 365 ERA and 129 whip on the year. Um, now, most of that is in relief. I want to be clear about that. He started his last three outings going four, five and a third, and three and two thirds. And frankly, the ERA had been excellent prior to the last start when he gave up five earned um, at these same, or no, no, home to the Seattle Mariners that he's going to be at this time out. Can you trust Umberto Castellanos at all? I don't think he can. I mean, he got lit up against the Mariners last time he faced them in, in his last start, and he's just not going deep enough into games where you think you can get a win. Yes, yeah. this this Arizona team just sucks. So, like, you're probably not going <laughs> to. Are they going to give because, him? Yeah, they're not going to give him enough run support to get a win anyway. So, bingo. I, I don't think he's really a guy you're you're interested in starting. And it's a little bit of the Michaelis situation where there's no real strikeout upside. If things don't go well, like, you know, you, you do have to consider all of that because you have to entertain the downside on on starts. And you're like, OK, well, with so and so I can get I can get a handful of strikeouts. 
that's not the case with Castellanos. He's got a 6.2 mark on the year. No thanks on, on Castellanos. Probably no here as well, but I figured I'd ask because he is so widely available and people take chances down the stretch here. Chris Paddock at the Dodgers. Now, before you routinely slam dunk dismiss that, I will tell you that the Dodgers are 27th in WOBA against righties the last month, the last 30 days, and they've been in that bottom 10 for a while um, over the, like the rolling last 30 days. It's been rough for them. So does that entice you at all with Paddock, or are you still too afraid of, of what Paddock offers, which is not much? Yeah, his, his profile has been so weird. I mean, he's just had the weirdest season. Um, I mean, he, he went six strong, give up three in his last start, zero strikeouts, zero walks. Um, like I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that this it's worth the. Wait, risk did you say here. zero strikeouts? I'm sorry, I didn't. I wasn't yeah. processing that. My yeah, brain zero is zero strikeouts, zero walks. That's just what is going on. Yeah, he has had a weird season. He's had a weird trajectory. I mean, the breakout was so fun. You know, he's the cowboy, and and you know he was he was a badass man. He was so great that first year. Loved watching Paddock every five days. Falls off last year, but. People weren't fully out. There was still there was still an interested market, uh, but then this year has been so uneven. Um, you have four starts of five plus earned runs, and then what is that? Uh, Seventeen of three or fewer. But then the innings counts are up up and down too. The strikeout counts are up and down. So I don't know, man. I just don't know what to make of him. I really don't. I don't, with I don't either. And I, and the Dodgers, yeah, I know they've had struggles this year at times, but uh, I can get they're, you. They're still one of the best teams of baseball, if not the best team in baseball. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not messing around with that one. Yeah, I still. I still think you want to be careful there. Make no mistake. I just wanted to point out that they aren't performing as well, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily want to uh, be there when when they break back out because mm -hmm. it'll happen. Uh, so, yeah, no thanks on Paddock. So that's Saturday's slate. We're starting Freeland, Singer. Um, I think we had some consideration for whoever follows Pineda if he gets a follower. And then a little bit of Eliezer in deeper leagues only, but he's already rostered there, so that's more of a team stream. And that's it. Not much on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Let's see if Sunday offers more. Let's talk Tariq Skubal going against the Rays. Um, I think for the year, the Rays have been pretty sharp against lefties. That's my big concern here. However, this is exactly the kind of guy I was talking about earlier um, that you want where it can go wrong, but you're probably still getting a handful of strikeouts. Mm -hmm. For example, his last two outings, only three innings against Pittsburgh, which was rough, but he had four, four strikeouts in that one. Only five innings, <clears throat> excuse me, five innings, six runs against Oakland, but he had six strikeouts. Homers have been hurting Scooble. That's my concern here. But do you give him a shot if you're streaming um, facing the Rays on Sunday? I don't, only because I'm afraid the Tigers won't let him go deep enough in the game to get a win. Uh, he, he's got 136 innings already this season. They limited uh, him in the last start, only allowing him to go three innings against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I just think this is, you know, they're at a point where it's like, okay, we want him to kind of finish out the season, but we're – we also don't want him to rack up, you know, 160 innings this year. So exactly, exactly. There's no need. There's no real need to push it. And so, unless he's absolutely dealing, 
Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't think Scooble goes too many innings. I almost wish he'd get an opener. Yeah, he'd be great if you got an opener. But that that'd be that'd be perfect. But they like uh, they like kind of keeping these guys in routine and letting them start and all that. And I I, I respect that. It's just uh, I'm a fantasy dweeb, so I want things favorable for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's go to Taylor Hearn of the Rangers. He's a prospect of some note. Um, I mean, he was he exceeded his rookie limits last year, which you know that's like where he's in that in between status then, where he is still a prospect in terms of the fact that he's not developed, but he's no longer prospect eligible, rookie eligible. Um, he's kind of rolling a bit, and <laughs> believe it or not, Texas has had like three quality guys right now that you can get some streaming out of with Glenn Otto, AJ Alexi, and now Taylor Hearn. You look at what he's done since the start of August. The first two outings were just extended relief appearances, four innings apiece. But then the last four have been starts of five, five, six and two thirds and seven. And he's got a 313 ERA in 31 and two thirds with 25 strikeouts. Taylor Hearn at Oakland, somebody that interests you. Yeah, a little bit. I think he's he'd be kind of towards the bottom of the guys I'd be willing to start on okay. Sunday, but I think I would be willing to take that gamble. So like I said, he's been pretty good recently. Like uh, not like he's not like uh, a game changer by any stretch of the imagination, but like he's gone six and two thirds and seven his last two start, which means like if you're in a quality starts league, hey, you got an opportunity to actually get a quality start if. Yeah, young arm pushing that that kind of inning total. Like we don't see that very often. So that mm-hmm. alone stood out to me when I was looking up Taylor Hearn. Yeah, and then if the Rangers give him any run support, he's got a chance to get a win. The A's are a good team, but like not good, team, but I'm I'm not running away from him against a you know a halfway decent lefty. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not yeah, I'm I not think, terrified of them. I'm I, I think he is on like a kind of he's definitely on the list of guys I'd be interested in starting in if I was kind of desperate, especially. Yeah. I think that's uh that's exactly where I'm at with Taylor Hearn. I might even, you know, I'm going to up it a little bit uh, or lower my threshold. Even I'm not necessarily even desperate here. I think I'm seeking out Hearn uh, for this outing a little bit. I just think that based on what's available streaming wise, again, we're talking in the realm of streaming. If you're in that, if you're in that arena in the, that you're looking to stream, then your thresholds are already, you know, at a certain level. So I like what Hearn can offer. Um, this is another one similar to the Eliezer Hernandez one, wherein Steven Matz isn't that widely available. Tens are really the only spot that you're looking. He's 60% at ESPN, so you're going to find some availability. So this is just a 10-team focus with Steven Matz at Baltimore. Let me let you know that um, for the season, Baltimore's not too bad against lefties. And we know that their ballpark can be scary. However, over the last 30, they've fallen off against lefties. So depending on what sample you want to put some stock into or the ballpark or wherever you're at. But Matt's and 10-teamers, what do you think? Yeah, uh, since the beginning of August, he has a 163 ERA uh, in 38 and two-thirds. Uh, I, just, I just looked it up. That's actually good. I, I see on the yes. internet they say that mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, he, he's, he's been rolling uh, here. Uh, that's so, fantastic yeah so yeah i think against baltimore he's a, he's in he is the top start of the weekend in yeah, terms of I, the guys we're talking about yeah yeah and again availability will vary um mm-hmm. it's really a, a shallow league focus but i wanted to include him because i knew that there would be some 10 team 
availability out there and people will be wondering about Mads. Yeah, go go get him. And you know what? Don't cut him right after. If he is available, I think I think Mats is somebody you hang on to a little bit and see like I might be using him next start as well. I don't know who he faces, but you know, judge it then. All right, we got both guys and I mean I know you said that you're going to watch football, but I don't believe you. You're spending your weekend watching Pittsburgh versus Washington, right? Absolutely. And I'm talking yeah. Pirates versus Nats, not Steelers versus football team. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, obviously. So with that in mind, how dialed in on you are uh, on Paulo Espino, Espino versus Bryce Wilson, uh, would you start Paulo Espino at Pittsburgh? It is Pittsburgh after all. Yeah, I think I would. Um, it's kind. Of, it's it's definitely risky. Um, he's had a few blow up. Uh, the blow ups have mostly been against Atlanta. <laughs> and, and I mean, Philly. you can forgive that. Uh, it's Atlanta. Uh, he's been he's been pretty steady. A guy who can go five innings, so he gives you a chance to get a win. Uh, you know, last few starts he's been going. Uh, the last four starts, he's you know getting you a strikeout per inning. Um, I think he's a you know against a Pittsburgh team that's not very good. I think he's a guy that you can stream, especially in your deeper formats. Yeah, again, I think considering the realm that we're in when we're streaming, Paulo Espino, somebody I'm taking a look at here against a terrible Pirates team. I mean, this is kind of what you're looking for. I mean, you'd love better, but that's not usually what the waiver wire has to offer. He's made it five in his last three starts. Um, I don't know that Washington can get him a dub, but you got to take a shot against Pittsburgh. Yeah. What about his counterpart? Because Washington isn't very good themselves. Bryce Wilson, a guy that you and I have liked in the past. Uh, that was back when he was with Atlanta. He's now on a new squad with Pittsburgh. He has a 435 ERA, 119 whip in 31 innings with Pittsburgh. Do we like Bryce Wilson against uh, Washington here at home? I mean, if you can't start him against Washington, you can't start him. I mean, Correct. So I think you gotta. I think you gotta roll with him uh, in this in this opportunity. Like he's been kind of uneven since moving to Pittsburgh, but he's at least getting an opportunity to stick in the rotation, which is a really really good sign. I think at least for the future. Yep. Yep, we're in lockstep there. Espino and Wilson, two guys that we're, uh, we're pretty interested in. Let's move on to Logan Allen. I'm checking right now to see. Okay, no, he would be 12-team available. So definitely 10s and 12s here. 15s, probably not as available. Um, if he is, obviously, we'll, we'll give you a, our thoughts on whether or not we like him. Logan Allen against Milwaukee. We talked about this difficult Milwaukee team when we were discussing Zach Plesak. Uh, are you higher on Logan Allen right now than Zach Plesak, I guess would be the, would be the question. Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily higher or lower. Um, I think I no, I'm probably, I'm probably about the same or maybe even a little bit lower on, on Allen than I am, uh, on Plesak. So I'm okay. not starting him against Milwaukee. Just so less inclined there. He has three starts since returning, um, six innings of one hit ball against Boston, which was great. Six and two thirds against KC, which was great. Minnesota roughed him up pretty good though. Five runs mm -hmm. in five and a third. So that's where it's at with Logan Allen. And you're saying less than police sack. So that's a, that's a no go then. Yeah. I mean, cause you're not getting a ton of strikeouts either. Um, yeah. So it's just not worth the risk against a good Milwaukee team. I think that's fair. Um, 
I think in a 15-teamer, I would take the shot. 10s and 12s, man, I'm a sucker for him. But, yeah, I'm a, I, I don't want to take the, too much of a shot against Milwaukee. So, yeah, I will back off. 15-teamers, he's at least on my sheet to look at. 10s and 12s, pass on. Yeah, but wouldn't you either start, like, all of, like, the either of her yeah. Espino or, or Wilson. Wilson? Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. You've got to have a better option. So he's, he's far down there. So um, some people just will only have so much available. So that's what I'm, 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 I'm granting that aspect with regards to the Logan Allen situation. But yeah, I think Hearn, Espino and Wilson should all be available. And I'd take all three of them ahead of him, by the way, with uh Scooble, I should have mentioned that he was kind of in that Matt's Eliezer realm where he's only mm -hmm. going to be available in like tens. Um, yeah. I should have mentioned that at the outset. Edward Cabrera, his availability has gone up. People kind of balked on uh, on him after his second start didn't go as well. Edward Cabrera facing that same Atlanta team that we talked about with Eliezer Hernandez. He now has three major league starts, one great, one mediocre, and one awful. Where do you come out on Edward Cabrera in the second of his two-start week? I like him long-term. Yes, uh, we, both, we both love him long-term. I think he's in them, you know, it's kind of okay that that he's pitching so poorly right now because that'll take a lot of the sleeper status off of him for next year. <laughs> which we like, so, yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm here for. So, yeah, I mean, a, a guy with a 7-11 ERA and a 10.97 XERA, yeah, people aren't going to be loading him up on him next year. But I might be. Uh, but that that being said, not not I'm not risking it against Atlanta. That that's the tough part for me. I just can't do it against Atlanta. There are some outings that, or there's some matchups out there that I would like to take this shot. Uh, this is this is just not it though. I just I can't do it. So that's a pass with Edward Cabrera right now. Let's go back to KC Minnesota series. Talk about the guy who we mentioned when we were talking about Pineda Bailey Ober, who you said that uh, he had opened or he had followed. Obviously, they're getting separate starts now. Bailey Ober's been up and down. Like there's been some really good starts from him, but then there's been some really bad ones. And it's because he's a home run guy. And it's, you know, are those solo shots that he's allowing? Or are they multi-run homers? And you can kind of track that when they're solo shots, he can have some great outings. When they're multi-run homers, it can be problematic. If you look at him since the break, though, Bailey Ober's been pretty darn good with a 296 ERA and 44 strikeouts in 45 and two thirds. Is he somebody that you're streaming where applicable, which is primarily 10s? There is some 12 viability, uh, 15s he's already rostered. So mostly shallow leagues here. Bailey Ober against KC, you like him? Yeah, I do. I mean, he's, you know, 44 strikeouts and 45 and two-thirds since the break, the 296 ERA that you mentioned. Like, he's been really good in the second half. Uh, and this is a nice little matchup. So, yeah, I think I would he, – he's, he's up towards the top of this list. Yeah, yeah it's like right below Matt's. I I think I agree with that on Bailey Ober. Now, you would laugh at, at at this inclusion, I understand, but I have to point out that Jay Hap has actually been pretty good. Um, well, better, I should say, better ERA wise with St. Louis than he was with Milwaukee. And frankly, it'd look really nice if it wasn't for a seven earned run dud in one inning two starts ago, but it was against the Cincinnati team that he's facing on Sunday. And so that probably adds to the trepidation with Hap. Prior to that, 
he had a 4.32 ERA with uh, with St. Louis, but then it, it skyrocketed to 5.38. Oh wait, 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 wait. Hang on, I'm I'm getting confused here because that said that it moved. Hang on, this is incorrect. It was 222, and then it moved. Yeah, sorry. The baseball reference was not adding the lines properly. It was 222 in the first five starts. It moved to 430 on that one seven-earned run outing, uh, that one disastrous inning. Do you give Hap a shot here against Cincinnati on the rebound, or do you stay as far away from that as humanly possible? Yeah, this is not Hap inning. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, and I agree. Look at the schedule he had prior to that Cincinnati start. Atlanta, okay, that's you know he went five against Atlanta yeah, with yeah. give it to run. That that's impressive. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Hmm, weird how that worked out so well. And then he faced a quality team again, and they absolutely pummeled him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, absolutely no chance that the J half is is in any of my lineups this week. I like how Cincinnati single handedly took care of his regression too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just in like, one hey. inning. yeah, they're like, hang on. We need one inning to handle this. We'll get you back to where you need to be. He faced he, 13 batters in that inning. That's unbelievable. That's a, that's a hard pass for me as well. Uh, obviously. What about Mr. No hit man, Tyler Gilbert at Seattle uh, since the no hitter, he has four starts and they haven't been bad. He has a 491 ERA and those three of them were five innings on the button. The last one was seven innings, three runs against the Seattle team. So he's getting them a second time in a row here. Does Tyler Gilbert strike your fancy at all in Seattle? Not really. Um I mean he's somewhat interesting, I guess. Like I think he would be on like the lower end of uh my desperate kind of dart throws. Mm-hmm. Uh just not enough upside to you know to kind of ward away any of the downside he, he seems like he's gonna go deep you know last five starts he's gone obviously he had the no hitter so uh it was part of that but uh he's gone at least five innings in each one of those starts um hasn't given up more than four runs only gave up four runs once or earned runs at least mm-hmm. um so like it's kind of a high floor low ceiling Kind of start, but it also feels like this could be like one of those where he just gets shellacked too. So Seattle seeing him second time. I feel like that at any time with Gilbert. That's kind of my yeah. my my fear is that it can really really blast you. And I know that literally anybody can have like I'm not I'm not trying to work in that realm of like well yeah anyone can. What's the probability? The probability mm-hmm. with Tyler Gilbert is a lot higher than it is with most guys. I, I will say though. He is not a home run guy, I which mean, helps avoid that uh, severe blowout. I mean, he's only like given up like a homer per nine once, even in the minor leagues, and that was 2018 in AAA. Um, so and he's not really a high walk guy either. So, like, I think he's actually a pretty safe floor guy, um, with no upside whatsoever. Like, you're gonna get. <laughs> Five innings, he'll probably give up two runs. Uh, With three win. strikeouts. Yeah, three strikeouts won't be a win because Arizona sucks. <laughs> um, so, like, that's fine. You know, maybe you go six, and if you're in a quality start league, you 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 peg a quality start. This is like one of the few situations where I feel like I think I would start him in a quality start league, but I wouldn't start him in a wins league. 
I think that's fair. I mean, with Arizona, like you can't trust them to win anything. So I totally get that aspect of it. I think everything you've outlined here makes sense with Tyler Gilbert. And so I will, uh, I will co-sign on that. Uh, let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi. Now, again, availability pens, but he has popped up on a lot more 10 team wires because his ERA is now up over four on the season. He's at 52% at ESPN league. So it's about a coin flip shot that he's available. So keep that in mind when we're discussing him. This is for shallow folks only 432 ERA on the season, 127 whip he has over a strikeout per inning. Um, blasted at Houston last time out after putting seven shutout on them. Just to give you an idea of how the back-to-back starts, you never know, right? The mm-hmm. the first start is no indication of how the second will go. It obviously did not go well for Kikuchi. Outside of that seven uh, shutout innings against Houston, though, he's been really bad in his last five. The other four were disasters, and it included facing Houston two other times as well as Toronto. So you give him a little pass for that. Arizona much easier. You going with Kikuchi here on the rebound? Yeah, he's just really struggled in the second half. 527 ERA. He's getting strikeouts, but the walks have been through the roof. Uh, homers have been an issue. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm staying away from this one. It just it, he doesn't seem right. Maybe he's just tiring. You know, you know, with with a big jump in, in innings this year. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not touching this one. Yeah, um, I think that's fair, and because I, I just think the downside is so severe that even against Arizona, I don't really want to go with Kikuchi. Are we are we done kind of hyping him up as a as a fantasy community, or are people going to fall for him again next spring? Mm, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, he had a lot of hype coming into this year. I know, and but that's um, the same as every year. Like every spring, he has really good numbers and you know it's throwing hard and has a new pitch or something and, and we get excited and then he has a he has a run that justifies it for a little bit but by by the end of the year you know his first two seasons were five five something eras and if he's not careful he'll be there again this year i mean you have to be really really bad over these last few starts to move it from five four thirty two up to five but um you know i want to like him i do but i just I'm not seeing the the results there to trust you, say Kikuchi anymore. I think the uh, because the underlying ERA numbers, um, you know, his his FIP and his uh, xERA and his Sierra are all like not going to be good this year. I think people won't buy into it as much coming okay. next season. There there'll be some people who go back to the well. Sure, but he'll have, he'll have his believers. I mean, listen, I I've stayed bought in on guys too, so that you know, weren't really showing anything worth doing so. So I understand if he's your guy and you're, you're sticking with him. But for me, I'm not jumping on that train this year. Shout out to my boy, year. Kyle Gibson. <laughs> hey, but it, it did eventually work. <laughs> kind he, of. He's he, falling he, apart. Here. True. As he should have. And my grass is getting very long. So like, hello, are you going to, yeah. I don't know, do something about that, Kyle? <laughs> um, all right, Justin, that's, that's the Sunday slate as well. So we like, uh, we like Scooble a bit in the shallow leagues. We like Hearn, Espino, Wilson, Ober, and then uh, oh yeah, Matt's in the shallow leagues where he's available. Gilbert, we liked a little bit. Fully out on Allen. I except I had little fifteen team uh, mm-hmm. out on Edward Cabrera. Out on Hap, 
and then out on Kikuchi, which when I first wrote that between Gilbert and Kikuchi, I thought we'd be in on Kikuchi and out on Gilbert, but you sold me on at least the, you know, the deep league stream potential of Gilbert. I know I'm not expecting anything good. It's just kind of like, oh, I can get some innings. It's like a points league kind of guy. Give me my 12 well, points and, and now move that, on. And now that I'm thinking about it too, like with Kikuchi on the mound for Seattle against Arizona, maybe Gilbert does have a chance to win this one. That that does add to his win potential. Yeah, I mean, I mean Kikuchi's big issues have been home runs, and mm -hmm. that's what it was his debut season. He cut him last year very nicely for two months, but then they're right back up. So it's gone from 2.0 to 0.6 to 1.7. And so that's the problem right now with Kikuchi. So maybe Gilbert will get that win. Um, wrapping up here, how the league's coming down the stretch? A couple weeks left. Uh, what, what are we chasing as far as titles? Yeah, I'm chasing a few NFBC titles. Uh, I've, got, I've got two where I feel like I've got a, those pretty much wrapped up. Um, and then another three or four where I'm trying to really kind of push myself towards, you know, contention, at least money spots. Uh, and then I have uh, my three-sport dynasty league, which I should be uh, wrapping up a championship here uh, the last few weeks. And um, Let's go. Yes, I mean, it's going to be a, a good year, not a great year because I have so many leagues. Sure. Um, but uh, we're going to reevaluate that at the end of the season and, and make a decision on. Trim, uh, trim, yeah, trim, Maybe trim. at least trim down uh, my number of, like, fab leagues. Exactly. And, um, and maybe even a number of my uh, uh, draft and holds and, and maybe turn some of those draft and holds into best balls or something. I, I like that. Even even less work there. So you can still get the draft, you know, because I know you like to do all the drafting mm -hmm. to be remarkably familiar with the player pool, which I get. And if, by the time, you know, your, uh, your big money drafts come in March, you know the player pool like the back of your hand, and you know to – exactly where to draft Cedric Mullins to get him in every one of your leagues so that your biggest call of the year pays massive dividends for you in every single league, including your most expensive ones, right? Mm -hmm. So you yeah. know exactly where to draft him to make sure you definitely unequivocally had him in all those leagues. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I think, um, I think I will, uh, I, I likely will trim down in, in some regard at 29 leagues was just too many. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely cost me. Uh, See that, that, and that's what I've been doing the past few years. And exactly the way you said, I, I the way I first started cutting was I need fewer fab leagues mm -hmm. because the Sunday Sundays are just getting too crazy, and I just I I don't have the ability to just do the fab and be done at like. 4 p.m. Central on Sunday and then leave it, I have to keep looking. I don't necessarily change everything. I'm not saying I'm an over-tinkerer, but I have to just be knowledgeable of everything that's going on in the Sunday games and looking at the players that might be available. I, I'm just too intense for that. So I can't have 10 leagues where I'm doing that, right? Like yeah. That would just be a nightmare to be scrolling through those. So I've really cut that down. And then I like your second suggestion of turn some of the draft and holds into best balls. And that way you can kind of uh, let them self-manage too. And you're not letting anything fall through the cracks of your draft and holds if injured guys are in your lineup. Yeah. I'm also trying to move all of, or as many of my leagues to like the same sites yes. as possible. So that way, you know, it's so hard because, you know, we've got labor on RT sports. We've got, mm -hmm. Uh, tout on on Roto. I've got Barf on Fan Tracks. I have 
you know, my dynasty or my, my three sport leagues on ESPN I've got, and it's just like, you know, and then all these NFBC leagues, it's just, it, you yeah, balancing all of those different spots is an issue as well. So my hope is that next year I'll be down to three sites in total. I like it. I think that's the way to go. And that's, again, you're, you're following my lead here. I've been, mm-hmm. uh, this is exactly what I've been doing. I'm pretty much on NFBC primarily outside of the mm-hmm. RT sports, the on roto for the two industry leagues, and then one ESPN head to head, which I like to stay in because a it's super competitive and fun with some folks here in Austin, but also that way I'm, I'm in the, the head to head realm and I can speak to it, you know, when I'm writing about it or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think that's the way to go. But uh, I'm glad that you're chasing down some some titles, and I hope you bring them in. We will be back on Monday. Obviously, we didn't have one this Monday, so it was a one-pod week. But we will have – are you doing one on Sunday? Uh, I hope so. Jason's been a little hard to nail down, and I haven't been booking guests. But I'll, I'll, I'll spend some time today okay. booking, booking some guests rest the season for rest of the season. So that way. No problem. I've but I was just going to say that um, – if so if you have Sunday, then it will be a four-pod week next week because it will be Sunday, Monday. I'll do a solo on Wednesday. Uh, actually, no, on Thursday because I have my chat on Wednesday and then us again on Friday. And so if there's anything else in addition to something like that, I think the Friday episodes, the last two on the 17th and 24th will be the same thing here where we go over the slate because I was doing the SP chart and I figure since I can't do it on, I, I don't know that I can do it on the weekends. I don't want to commit. And then, you know, we have some event that we go to Jen and I, and I'm like, ah, I can't do the SP chart, something like that. I think this is the way to cover the SP slate mm-hmm. for the weekends, and then we'll figure out what to do on Mondays, and then I have something planned for the solo episode um, next week. So, Justin, I hope you have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. Take it easy.